What's going on guys and welcome to the first ever Envision Greatness podcast with your host Dylan Money. Now to be honest I'm really excited to start this podcast and it's something that's been a long time coming. We'll be discussing everything from fitness to business and mindset. With that said today we have Billy Smith on the podcast. Now Billy's one of my good friends but he's also an online fitness coach. He's built his coaching business while he's been at university so naturally we discuss how to grow your business while he's been at uni. Alongside this, we also talk about daily routines and how to get things done, how to progress in the gym whilst being at uni, and we have a pretty deep chat about motivation and surrounding yourself with good people, plus a lot of other topics that we talk about. Personally, I think there's a lot of good takeaway points from this, and I honestly can't wait for you all to listen. So, why not let's just get started. Welcome to the first episode of the Envision Greatness podcast, where we will be chatting about everything from fitness, business, and mindset. Today, we have a special guest, and he is also one of my really good friends. We have Billy Smith on the podcast. Billy is an online coach, and he has also done some one-to-one coaching, but he has done all this whilst being at university. So, Billy, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be on, mate. Glad to be on the first one. My introduction there, is there anything anything else that you would like to add? Um, no, you kind of covered it. I mean, uh, online coach, used to one-to-one PT. I used to work for someone in one-to-one PT in the past, and this has kind of all been during university. I got fully qualified in um, first year uni when I completed my level three, um, and then it just kind of took off from there. Perfect, amazing, sounds great. So obviously, we've just, we've just discussed that you are an online coach. Um, if you could just go into a little bit more in depth of how you started online coaching and how you ended up getting to where you are at the minute. Well, basically, um, I knew I wanted to get in the fitness industry after high school. Um, usual story. Quite decent at football. Got a bad injury from there. I was like, "What was going to do? What was I going to do?" So I decided I wanted to PT during uni. Got my level three at the start, at midway through first year, but I was skint. I couldn't afford to pay gym rent. And as you know, with the fitness industry, getting a paid job, unless you're going to be like, you're not going to be a PT, you're going to be like a fitness instructor or a, a leisure attendant. It's pretty much impossible unless you want to pay rent or spend your hours in the gym. But I was at uni as well, so I had that to manage. So it didn't really start off as online coaching. I was basically, I had my car um, with my uni, uh, with my halls, drove back and forth between Pennycook from Edinburgh, which is my hometown. I bought like, home gym equipment I was running boot camps doing outdoor PT doing everything I could um and then it just got to the point sorry I didn't know that continue yeah I mean I I was doing absolutely everything I could just to basically be a PT like um my when I had like actual one-to-one clients it would either be outdoor or what I would do is I would the Pennycook Leisure Centre gym was awful but you know I had to make do so I would take these people in, train with them so it didn't look like I was training them like <laughs> as a friend, take them through like their program and then we would like, they'd do it for four weeks and then we would reevaluate me again and do the same thing and I used to always get in trouble in um, the gym by like the receptionist and stuff because they knew that I was actually PTing but I was just trying to get away with it to make really? some sort of money. Money I suppose, isn't it? I know how at the start there you said you said that you always knew that you wanted to get into fitness. 
And obviously, from the sounds of what you've done there, you do have a passion for it. What what made you decide that you wanted to become a personal trainer of anything that you could have done within fitness? Just kind of again the usual sort of story I had when I got into fitness, like actual like going to the gym and stuff during high school. After football, I realized football wasn't really for me. I started to you know develop my own physique, and people started to take notice, and people would ask for advice. And after a couple of my pals, I would help. And I realized I really enjoyed that. And from there, it was like, well, you know, I actually really love this. And I could see how much it was helping me. I could see how much progressing in the gym, building myself up physically was actually building me up, like building up my confidence and making me feel better in my general life. And I was like, I want to do that for other people. Um, plus, you know, the idea of being your own boss and, you know being able to build something for yourself really appealed to me because I'm not the best at um taking orders from people that's why whenever <laughs> I worked in jobs it was not it yeah. wasn't the best um, or at least it never lasted long so yeah that was kind of it I realized like I, I did have this passion for it from there like I said I was just doing absolutely everything I could there was nothing else I wanted to do even though it was difficult even though money wasn't great even when so like, obviously I was doing that sort of weird P- PT thing I, after midway through second year, no, I started second year, I was like, I can't do this anymore, let's give this online thing a go, even though I had no idea what I was doing, got my first online client, signed them up for 60 quid for 12 weeks, and then that was, you know, just trying to do whatever I could. Yeah, so so you said that you transitioned um, from one-to-one coaching onto obviously being an online coach, and you said that you couldn't really do it anymore. What Can you go a little bit more in depth into why and what the turning point from going from one-to-one coaching into online coaching was? Well, the thing, the thing is, it was more that one-to-one coaching I was doing because I wasn't working in a gym. I was basically like a mobile PT going everywhere and trying to balance the, doing that whilst doing uni work was pretty difficult. But then once I stopped doing that and I started online, I found I could balance it better. But on the back of that, I actually got a job. Um, I've got a paid job in a PT studio down in Meadow Bank as a one-to-one PT working for someone else and training their clients. And because it was in Edinburgh, it was more manageable. So I had, like, I didn't have a lot of online clients to manage at first. For the first, like, six months, I think I had, like, four or five. So it wasn't like, you know, and then I had the job at the PT studio. So imagine you need the job at the studio. And then that was quite easy because the online hadn't really took off yet. Um, so, yeah, um, the main reason was just time. I needed to be a uni student as well, even though I loved this so much. So I had to make sure. Alongside that of obviously being at university, trying to, trying to obviously juggle coaching clients one-to-one just obviously wasn't, wasn't really you were not able to manage the time that well because obviously you want to do well at university as well. Um, so how you're saying, obviously, that you've made that transition, was it a fluent transition or did you have any struggles? Oh, I had a lot of struggles because, like, especially since I was working at the studio probably from second year to third year, and it was always kind of in the back of my mind because I loved the one-to-one coaching, but it wasn't because I was working for someone else I didn't have full control of it and but it was obviously making me a decent income especially for a uni student and I was still doing what I love to do 
but it was kind of that thing where I, I felt like I could do more on my own with Mad Fitness in terms of actually helping people. And then again, it was just balancing it. It was like putting my time into the studio, but not putting enough time to Mad Fitness or doing one or the other. And then uni on the back of that. Um, and it, it put a lot of self-doubt in my head, you know, whenever I didn't know if I was managing things right. I didn't know if I should keep doing uni. And there was a lot of mental, mental difficulty during that time. But eventually, I kind of, Mad Fitness, my online coaching company, Mad Fitness, started to do really well. I made as much as I did with that as I did at the studio. And I was like, you know what? I love this more. And it was a scary decision. But I decided, like, not only will this enable me to focus on that, but it'll also make me a better uni student because I'll have more time to dedicate towards that. So there was a lot of back and forth in my head. But eventually, it was just kind of, I had to bite the bullet and go for it. Yeah, so of course, they're just obviously weighing up the pros and cons of each situation, which one was going to benefit you more in the long term. Now, obviously, Mad Fitness, your own company, has come along, come along a long way from when you started until now. And it's obviously grown a lot and you've had a lot of client transformations. So obviously, it was the best decision for you from, from the sounds yeah. of it. Um, with the struggles that you had, was there anything that you that helped you overcome these struggles? Was there any kind of a outside influence? Was there anything that you read or anything to boost your mindset in terms of staying positive? Yeah, I remember at the time I was kind of this might sound a little bit cringy, but I, I had a lot of um like motivational speeches in my SoundCloud and everything, and I was kind of in that yeah I was kind of in that Gary V mentality where it was like just you know, no matter what, because I was like working, I would get up at 5am, train clients in the studio, go to my classes at uni, train myself, then do like mad fitness work at night and trying to, you know, and I had to kind of, I had to kind of be that way. And that kind of kept me going. Um, but I think the best thing was I had a good group of friends around me. Going to uni was one of the best things for that. Cause I left my hometown and I met some amazing people, um, like my girlfriend, Sophie, my friends, Rory Martin, Harry, um, Ali, like people that, really helped me whenever I was feeling down or not sure I could get advice off them I can't say I'm much of a reader it was always more like YouTube videos and I'd, I'd take inspiration off my idols like Max Tuning, Christian Guzman especially because I felt like you know he was in college and there were you know he was trying to balance it and and do all this and I was like you know what there's no reason why I can't do this so just keep just keep going the, the right time will come because they always talk about that all the people I listen to it's like you'll f find that point where you are making enough but you know, obviously there's times with the online thing where it was like, I'd get clients, I was getting closer and closer, but then it would drop off. And I was like, am I ever actually going to get to this? But that really, you know, those people I looked up to and the people around me really helped me through. Yeah, perfect. So obviously you're saying that you had these people who you kind of looked up to and they were more basically in the same situation that you were in, where they were trying to juggle more than one thing at once and try and obviously do the thing that they wanted to after it um, and obviously let go of the other thing. Um, with that said, so obviously you're quite a busy person with your coaching and obviously university and it does sound as if it would be quite a struggle to obviously balance it all. So if you can, could you just go through a brief, obviously when you're at university as well, go through just a brief day in the life of Billy Smith. So was this when I'm just doing online coaching or was this when I was doing working at the studio as well? Online coaching. So basically right now when you're at university, you have your dissertation, you've got all, all the stresses and struggles of uni. 
And you've also obviously got all the stresses and struggles with maintaining 20, 30 plus clients. So just a normal day in the life of Billy Smith. Wow, people are going to think being an online coach is probably so glamorous, but it's actually really boring. So um, I'll probably wake up at like eight or nine. Um, if it's not a check-in day, like I'll get up and I'll just do some work. If I've got like a client set up, I usually do that in the morning. And then after I get that done, I will go train probably like midday, come back, um, get showered um, and stuff. And then back, literally just back on the laptop. Um, if any clients have messaged me, I will then make sure to respond to them. If I have any inquiries, I will look through them. Then from there, I kind of set a cutoff point with Mad Fitness. And I always put Mad Fitness work early, first in the day, because that's what, I get the most out of first, if you know what I mean. If I, I want to get that out of the way first because like my clients mean the most to me and you know, this is what I love to do more than uni. So I cut that off. Literally, I cut that off about three or four, that sort of work. And then I just do uni work, especially now with fourth year. It's my, my majority of my life is spent on a laptop, especially now with lockdown. Like majority, it's really not, it's, coach. yeah, it's not that exciting. When I was obviously, when I was at, right now it's like that, but when I was actually, you know, when before this all happened, I had classes, it would be sort of like, wake up, same thing, do a little bit of work with Mad Fitness, go to class, come back, if I had any messages or anything, respond to them, and then it would be like, go to the library and sit on a laptop all day. So it literally, it's not much different. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, like you say, it's not, <laughs> a lot of people think, you know, only coaches, or even anything that's remote that you do online, People obviously see all these things through social media and Instagram and Facebook where it's these guys or girls standing in front of a Lamborghini in the Bahamas and they think that it's going to be, that's that's what living, living life as a remote person it's, is. Yeah, it's, it's glamorous in the sense that I think people think it's glamorous because it's like, oh, you can do what you want when you want and stuff, but it's not really like that. If you're quite a disciplined person, which I like to think I am, you still you just set the time that you do things. It's just not someone else telling you to do it. Um, especially if you want to be successful, like you have to have some sort of routine. It's just that, you know, if something comes up and I need to do something for like my family or I decide like there's an, an event coming up I want to go to, I can make my work fit around that. But yeah, it's not as exciting as people think. Yeah. yeah. So I, right there, you just mentioned you have to have some sort of routine. For yourself, do you tend to have a morning routine, evening routine? Do you set your day up the night before to implant, plan out exactly how your day is going to go? Or do you just kind of a wing it each day? It kind of changes. But one thing I've done since way back when I first got into the, like, into the fitness industry and coaching in general was the night before, just on my notes on my phone, I will write down what I want to get done the next day. Usually I'll already always put down a little bit too much. But it's kind of that if you shoot for the stars, you fall in the clouds. So I just try and get through as many of them as possible. Sometimes it's in a particular order because I'll try and do it like first thing, second thing, etc. But then if it doesn't work out, you know, these like last two things I didn't get done, just carry over to the next day. Maybe they'll be like the priority of the next day. And I've always just sort of done it like that. But my routine does kind of change day to day, just depending on what's on. But those things that I've said that I want to get done, I make sure I get done. Yeah, so you have your, you can never have your staple, staple things that you have to get done right then down the night before in your notes and just get up and attack the day, the next again day. 
So obviously that's your routine throughout the day. Do you have any, so obviously so much people rave about having a structured morning routine and a structured evening routine. Now I know people that have very, very structured morning and evening routines, it works for them. And I also know people that have no routine in the morning or evening, it's slightly different every single day. Now for yourself, um, there's no right, there's no wrong, as long as you're kind of motivated and you're going and achieving what you want but for yourself is there any any type of morning routine evening routine I, I can't really say there is apart from like like right now I'll wake up eight or nine go downstairs make my morning coffee and just get in front of my laptop start having work and then I'll have because I'm dieting right now I'll have my first meal later in the day but that that can change like like I say, it's, I have these things I want to get done, but even in morning and evening routine, like I know people have like, you know, they'll go to, they'll turn their laptop off at this time and they'll, they'll read this, they'll read a couple of pages and then they'll turn the light sheet. I don't really do that. I'm kind of more go with the flow. Um, cause that's always suited me. And yeah, I just don't like to confine myself cause that's do is what I enjoy about the job in a sense that I do have that ability to just chop and change how I like, yeah, that's interesting because I find personally for myself, if I don't have some sort of structure in the morning, not so much evening, but some structure in the morning, my day just goes to shit, to be honest, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite quite a good thing that you're able to just kind of get up, do the odd one or two things, and then, and then yeah, go from there and kind of start your day. But, so would you say the main, the main focus is writing down what what you have to do the next again day the night before and then just attacking that from the get-go yeah I, i'd say so because the thing is it gives you a clear set of goals for that day and i know that people people always talk about long-term goals short-term goals and planning as if it's this huge thing for me i've never been much of a big planner i've never planned anything more than probably a month in advance or anything like that i just focus on focus on taking it day by day and think you know, and these things, if you get these things done and be consistent with them over and over again, day by day, they will build into something, you know, and I just find that works easy, easiest for me. And I feel like if you try and set this big goal for like, not saying you shouldn't do it, it may work for some people, but it doesn't work for me, like four months in like away, it's kind of like, you know, it's so far away, it's not that motivating. You're like, oh, you know, I can work on this a little bit later. If you just put it down for the next day, you know, you wake up, you switch on, you go for it. I just find that so much better. And like I say, you kind of do this work day by day over time. And then you kind of look back, you're like, holy shit, I got a lot done, you know? Yeah, but so one thing I would say with that is obviously going day for, like for myself, I'm not one to think of long, long-term goals in terms yeah. of five, 10 years. I'm more thinking three, six, nine, 12 months down the line. Now, obviously you're saying you look back after if you do small sections day by day and only think of the mm -hmm. day ahead, you look back and you're like, oh, fuck, I've done quite a lot of stuff. Now, obviously, you must have some sort of end goal that you would like to have it's where you're looking at it more in a term of three, four, five months if you're adding all these day-to-day -day things. Like, doing all these day-to-day -day things, you're working towards something. Yeah, no, you, you are absolutely right. Obviously, there is a, a long-term goal, but I've never really set, like, a, a time frame to, to get them in. I, like, you know, I just, I do just sort of do the day-to-day -day work, and I know that it's leading me down that point. But like I said, with the, like, the moment where it came where I could leave the studio I was working at to be a full full online coach alongside uni was just, 
I just kept working day to day and I said, that moment will come, that moment will come. And then eventually it just was like, okay, I literally was sitting in the studio looking at my finances and I was like, holy crap, it's here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, so um, you, the goal, for you, you've got a, you have an end goal, but you don't have a, a marker on when you want to have it done. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So obviously from everything that we've just discussed there, you, you do sound like quite a motivated person. Yeah, no matter what it is that you're doing, even when it comes to, your like to so. stuff that you don't really give a shit about or mm. when it comes to your own business, which you're obviously extremely passionate about. One thing I want to ask is what keeps you motivated, not just within your mad fitness business and your online coaching, but what keeps you motivated even to do your university stuff when you know fine well that you're not really going to use the degree that you're studying? Um... Well, for me, it was kind of like, uh, we'll probably get a bit deep here, but when I was 15, um, I think 15, around that age, my uh, my dad died um, suddenly from a heart attack. Um, he was like 40-odd years old, um, and there was no real reason for it. It was just completely out of the blue. And I always, after, me and him were very close with football, and after that didn't work out, it was like, right, what am I going to do? And university is sort of that safe path. You know, it's sort of that thing that you think that will get you somewhere. And for me, finishing uni was kind of like, and especially for my mum as well, uni's like, I'm doing this for you so you know I'm okay, if that makes sense. Yes. And it was that thing where it was like, I have to finish this. I've st- especially once I'd started it, I'd started it, I'd finish it. And a big thing for, you know, especially with my dad was like, you know, if you start something, you finish it. And even though... It's not, I don't enjoy it really at all anymore anyway. It is that sort of motivation. And that's my motivation with everything. When when I'm struggling with coaching, maybe I self-doubt. I think of him and I'm like, I've got to keep going. When I hate uni and I'm literally at the point where I just want to, can't count how many times I've been like, I'm just going to drop out. Um, <laughs> and I just think of him and I keep going. I had that same thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And um, same, like, you know, when I'm in a, when I did my first powerlifting competition, even just when I'm in the gym training, when I'm going for a hard set, I think of him. And that is always what's pushed me through because making him proud is something I want to do in everything, even if it's stuff I don't want to do. Yeah, for sure, man. It's quite a beautiful thing. Obviously, it must have been a very hard, a very hard time for you, but it's good that you can you can look at him, you can still look at him as your motivation and it gets you through a lot of things. So yeah, that's definitely, definitely a really, really beautiful thing there. Yeah, you yeah. did go quite yeah. that, mate. You did. Yeah, because no, um, that's the first thing when everyone... A lot of people don't know, eh? So it's a good thing to go into. Yeah, I don't like talking about it too much because some people, and that's like, when bad things happen to people, you, I always view it as you can either use it as a crutch or you can use it as something to push you on further. Uh-huh. Now, like, and this can be like anything, like someone dying, um, I don't know, maybe getting a bit ill to an extent. Um, you know, you can either be act like the victim or you can you can kick on. And I knew that my dad would not want me to sit on my arse, feeling sorry for myself, getting nothing done. And that wouldn't do anything for me. Like I say, I, I could easily sit there all the time and be like, oh, but this thing happened to me and my dad died. The world, like Almost like the world owes me something. Yeah. It's like, no, you know, I have a life to live and, you know, I, I have to keep going. Um, and that's just the way I see it. But it obviously took time to get that way. It's not like you wake up the next day and you're like, nope, it's fine. I'm going to kick on and be more. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. It's obviously, it's a very hard time. And 
Yarbrough obviously go through struggles and things with that, but from the sounds of it, the motivation that you have does does stem a lot from obviously the way your parents have brought you up. So I suppose that's a good oh, thing. Oh yeah, huge. And I think that's with everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I think that's a huge thing with everyone. Um, not only your parents bringing you up, but who who you're surrounded by from a young age. And weirdly, I wouldn't like you know you'll you'll know yourself like when you're growing up in high school and stuff like that even when I was starting to develop my physique and get a bit bigger and stronger I would get teased for it I would get slagged um you know and I didn't actually have that support but it was almost like my dad dying and then getting the piss taken out of me for it you know I was like I'm gonna kick on that was another challenge I faced hugely when I first started mad fitness like literally I would get the piss ripped out of me so bad by all my pals I used to get called like Mr. Mad Fitness and it was just you know that was hard to deal with, but now they don't they don't call me that, and some of them have even been asking you for help. I mean, that's it's something. I'm just going to go on a bit of a tangent here, but that's um, something that you realise when you when you kind of grow up. Like one of my favourite quotes is, "You're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with." So obviously, like if you spend a lot of your time with millionaires and CEOs and businessmen, chances are you're going to kind of grow more into that person. If you spend your time with people who are on the dole and drink constantly and just don't care about life, you're probably going to edge closer towards that. But yeah, one thing that you do totally realize is when when you're at high school, you're you're forced into a group of people. You you don't have the world's not your oyster. You you're you're kind of a forced into this this group. So the people that obviously you're mm-hmm. saying were kind of making fun of you starting your business, um they might have seemed like your friends at the time, but, and it might have just seemed like it was teasing, but it's people that aren't really supportive of you. Um, how important would you say that having good people around you are? Oh, it's made such a difference to my life. Like, that was one of my, now, just to clear up, like, in case any of my pals from back will be listening, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was, like, fun. Like, you know, I mean, it, it, it's typical sort of lab things, and, like, we were used to that. We, you know, we'd rip the piss out of each other for everything but it did resonate with me a lot more anyway moving out of uni and meeting the people I did and then eventually meeting like you for example and being around more people especially who are passionate about the same things I was passionate about or just more motivated people so all even if they were like motivated in a different field that was to kick you on like things like when I moved to Pleasant's gym I remember there was this coach this powerlifting coach who was doing like videos on Facebook like good informative videos I was like shit that's that's my, my next level. I've got to reach that now, you know? And then like, I would see the fact that you had had a YouTube channel at one point. And I was like, right, I need to get on that. The content you were creating, I was like, I'm doing nothing like that. And being around people who are actually better than you push you to be better. And I wouldn't, I don't know what I'd be like if I was um, just still, you know, if I didn't go to uni and meet the people I did. Yeah, for sure. It's It's a massive thing. Like, People don't realise how how important it is to actually have great people around you or even just support, like, when it comes to support from family, not a lot of people obviously get that and it's just, it can be quite a daunting thing trying to go out there and find people that are quite like-minded. But with that said, um, how did you come across people who were like-minded? Social media was huge, obviously. Social media, I think, if you look, use it as a positive way, use it in a positive way, it will bring you positive things. And, you know, I met like, you know, Murray, 
you, Daniele, Brad, um, the powerlifting coach Carlton, and see, like I say, seeing them and seeing what they, what you guys were doing essentially compared to what I was doing, I was like, right, I've, if I want to get to where I want to go, I've got to, I've got to level up. Um, and then you know, like we met through like an Instagram DM essentially, which is pretty much how majority <laughs> of people meet nowadays. But <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Well, I think we made a group chat, so it was kind of no. Actually, I asked you and Brad to train. I think I can't I can't remember exactly, but uh, yeah. So yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I something you know, social media is huge for that. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, we're just gonna have a little bit of a move on from there on social media, as you said there. We asked some people some questions. Well, we asked people to ask us questions um, for you to answer. Now, we have actually had quite a few good ones. So I'm going to start off with the first one, and it's something that I find um, a lot of coaches could benefit from. And it's, so for you, before starting, did you ever feel like you didn't have a good enough body to become a coach? Oh, that is a good one. Um, Oh, um... Well, before becoming an actual PT, before I got qualified, I'd been training for probably about two years, something like that. And even from a young age, being quite athletic, I'd always been in quite decent shape. So I was always decently body confident. But obviously, I wasn't like, you know, you go on Instagram or whatever, and you see these people who are in ridiculous shape. I certainly wasn't that level. I still am in that level. But I knew, like, I was in an all right shape. But funny enough, when I qualified, um, I was actually in the worst shape I'd ever been in because first semester uni, you know, going out a lot, drinking, barely training, um, and I looked awful. So I then dieted down and I got in better shape, but then I got so obsessed with being lean and I was like binge eating and stuff like that. So in that initial phase, I mean, did I look better than most people? Yes. But yes, there was doubt in my mind where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Because at first, when you first start, you think the way you look dictates your success as a coach so much. Because you think, I did anyway. I remember saying this way back in high school. I'm just going to get a really good physique and everyone's going to be want to be my client. And it's going to be so easy. And then, I, and then I was looking, I was like, even when I got to like a really good lean chin, I was like, wow, I'm not getting any more thanks here. I'm like, fuck. You know what, mate? It's I had yeah, I had the exact same experience of when I done my first competition. I thought, you know what? Now that I'm shredded, people are going to want are going to want coaching from me because because I have a a shit hot looking body. Um, it couldn't have been further away from the truth for me personally. Yeah, no. It was when I was at my leanest, I was at my quietest business wise. When I was in the worst shape, <laughs> I actually was doing the best business-wise. And I think that's <laughs> just because I wasn't really focusing on myself and I was yeah. putting more time into clients yeah. and being a little bit less yeah. self-obsessed. But that's a, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a different... Yeah, so like to, to answer the question, like don't, if you're thinking about becoming a coach or going into PT or whatever, being in unreal maybe competition level or having the best body out there is not what's going to make you successful and it's not what's going to get you clients. So don't, worry about that in fact if you're more relatable as a person and you you know when you get clients you care for them you look after them you give them everything you know the best service you can they will then speak to other people who will talk about that talk about you to them and then they'll build from there but your body as long as you're in decent shape 
like don't be like really overweight or anything like that but as long as you're in decent shape you can be a good coach and there's so much evidence out there to show that now yeah absolutely and i would even add on to that as well not even just with coaching just when people obviously have that feeling of not being good enough in terms of how they look just just need to remember that your your body is the way it is because that's that's what you've you've basically essentially built it to be and if you're happy like that then that's completely fine like don't let other people dictate how you look or don't feel like you have to look a certain way because what other people are obviously posting on instagram so if you're happy with how you look then rock it be confident yeah it's that thing comparison is the thief of joy like you know i i've came to the point now where like i literally you know everyone sometimes you know we even have these conversations at times like oh look at this guy's physique and it's like you know you get the whole is he on steroids debate and that and i've just got to point i honestly do not care like i do not care about him or her i don't care about how they look like fair play to them whatever they're doing whatever they said do i'm just looking about how i am not even and how i perform as well because obviously i'm really into powerlifting it's like i love my own progression going to the gym and if i beat a lift or i get another rep or you know i get leaner this time than i did last year and i know it's so cringy and cliche to say but as long as i am getting better myself then that's fine because i feel amazing in me you know i go into the gym now gyms now and especially my gym that i go to now there's guys deadlifting like 300 kilos now i can deadlift 250 for one but these guys are like rapid 300 and it's like i could easily sit yeah i could sit there and easily like be so upset and blah 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 i'm literally like no like what why you know what i mean i'm happy in myself and i think the more confident you are in yourself that will also help you get clients and things because it shows sort of yeah it just shows how confident you are yeah for sure so like you say just to answer the question you have had that feeling of not having a good body or your body being good enough but you eventually realize that it doesn't really matter hugely as long as you're in obviously respectable shape for a personal trainer that as long as you are relatable to people that's what's going to get you clientele yeah 100 percent. way yeah it's way more important so we have two two other questions that people have asked now these are from fellow university students for yourself um the first one is I can't afford expensive foods. I'm skint. <laughs> what you. foods have you been getting on a student budget? Um, I think the main thing is definitely look at shops in your area. Um, I was fortunate around my hall, I had a little nearby. Little is a godsend. Um, it's so cheap. Cheap food. <laughs> yeah, but literally, um, even even looking in like the reduced section of shops, like being there. Um, but just prioritize the main foods you need. So for a majority of people, the first thing you're going to need is protein sources. Now, whey protein is very cheap. Um, and although people may, it's not like a steroid or anything before anyone thinks that. It's literally like eating a bit of chicken. It's really cheap and accessible. I'd go for that. Um, protein sources, like, again, chicken, um, turkey mince, usually white meat is a little bit less expensive than, like, red meat. So go for things like that. Um you know, dry foods, pasta, um, rice. You've really just got to um, look at what you really need for your goal and the most affordable way to do it. Like, like depending on what your goal is, obviously, when when I'm, like, in a gaining phase, like, and I was that skin when I was trying to put on some muscle, I was, like, getting, um, you know, extra cartons of milk to get calories in because it was the cheapest thing to help get calories in. Bio-direct. You've got to find ways. <laughs> Genuinely, you know, um, you've... 
look for the, the most affordable shop you can, plan out what you exactly need, go in and look for the best option. And that seemed to work for me. And like, you can, because you're only shopping for you, like you realistically can get affordable enough foods on a student budget 100%. Perfect, good. So hopefully that's going to help all the, all the uni students who are looking to make mad gains, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, and don't don't go out. Be smart when you go out drinking, and don't spend all your money on booze because I've done that before, and then I've been skint for the week food wise. That doesn't help with the gains. So you know, yeah, be careful with that. Six pound half bottle of vodka out with Tesco, mate. Aye, pre pre a lot, pre <laughs> so much. <laughs> Cheap vodka, diluting juice and water, mate. Goes down. Gotta love Glenn. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm actually shaking. Thinking about that. Right, we'll move on then. So for the last <laughs> last question that we're going to answer is another one for uni students. So did you train earlier before classes or did you wait until it was later on in the day? When, which one did you find you were more motivated? Oh, um, because the gym I went to, when it got to like, after class would always be like four or five. So going at that point, the gyms were way too busy. And even though I probably felt like less tired, um, it didn't motivate me as much because I'd be waiting on equipment and it was really annoying for me to have to do that. If I got up earlier before class, I used to train really early. Like you probably remember, I was training at like 7 a.m., yeah. 8 a.m., probably latest. And although I was quite tired, eventually I got in the routine and because the gym was quiet and like I could really just focus on it, I could get on everything I wanted, that pushed me more. And then I would be like, okay, I've done my workout. I'm going to class and I was feeling great for class. I found that that actually helped me focus more in class because like endorphins are rushing and you feel really good and then you don't have to worry about you have that for the rest of your day so if you are struggling with um getting up early and that idea of going to the gym earlier before class some people have classes just in the afternoon so that's not really an issue but I would recommend going before if possible yeah so beforehand's probably better Perfect. So just before we end everything, mate, it's been a good chat, but I want to I want to talk a little bit about mindset. So right. I want to ask you three things that have helped you improve your mindset over the years. So let's go with the first one. This is quite firing off the top of your head, mate. Oh right, okay. Um oh, uh, just training, honestly, probably the first thing. Like again, maybe sounds quite cliche, but that having that discipline of sticking to like a good exercise program and that goes for anyone like obviously I'm into more like powerlifting bodybuilding stuff if you like running if you like yoga sticking to that routine and getting slightly better every time kind of shows you how good you are because you shows you can stick to something it shows that you can progress week on week and it's that you know the gym and everything like that gives you really good instant gratification and every time you push through a harder rep or you get an extra five kilos on, it shows that you have that mindset to progress. So that's always helped. Second thing, um, chatting to people that probably know more than me. Um, again, like, like yourself, like other people within the industry, even just my friends who know, like my best, one of my best mates, Harry, he's like studying law. He's probably the smartest guy I know. And even just talking to him, like, it makes you think about things differently. It kind of opens your mind to other things and it helps you become a better person um, and become stronger, I think. And... Pressure is right on. <laughs> oh, this is such a good question. I, I, uh, oh, there's just like so many things. 
okay, kind of off the back of the, this is gonna, I don't know if this is a good answer, but it's kind of came into my head now. Going, going, going through hard things obviously makes you stronger mentally. Now, obviously, I'm not saying put yourself in a bad situation just for the sake of it to become mentally stronger, but when you push for something that is very difficult, or when, or when you really go for something you want, whether it's in the gym, whether it's starting a, a coaching business, whether it's, I don't know, trying to read a couple of books a month, there will be times where you really don't want to. And there will be times where it gets really fucking hard. And maybe it comes to the point where you might want to quit. Going through those things and almost like suffering and then coming out the other side of it will make you stronger than any experience. So go for things that are difficult, push yourself through it and keep trying to be disciplined with that. And I think, regardless of what area of life that's in, that will help you massively. Um, always take things as something to push you further. Don't use it as that crutch. Don't don't just, when bad things happen, use them as an excuse. Think like, okay, how can I get better from this? There we go, man. It was a good answer. Don't doubt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I just tried to word it the right way. Cause like, it did sound like, oh, just make your life shit so that you become mentally stronger. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So. <laughs> your three things are train is going to be good for the mind. Two, surround yourself with good people and always learn. And three, always strive and push yourself to do better. Yeah, 100%. Um, even when it seems like it's really difficult, keep Again, cliche, but keep going. Keep going. Definitely. And if I if I can do it, anyone else can do it. <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> well, mate, it's that's pretty much everything that I want to discuss, mate. It's been a pleasure to have you on, and that's the very first one, very first one done. So yeah, it's great. It's uh, well, I've been glad we got to. Before we go, is there anywhere that people can obviously find you? Social media or anything like that? Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, Instagram handle is just at Billy Smith Fit. Um, YouTube, Billy Smith Fitness. Facebook, Billy Smith um, dash Make a Decision Fitness. Um, unfortunately, I have the most common name on the planet, so I hope social media will put me. I'll <laughs> come up with my <laughs> name. <laughs> Genuinely, uh, but yeah, if you look for me there, you know, and want to follow me, I try and post as best content as I can and provide some value. Um, and if you want online coaching, um, madfitcoaching at yahoo.com. No cap, I'll just send me an email. I'll get you in the best shape ever. <laughs> Good little plug there. Now, what I'll, um, I'll do is I will put everything down in the show notes as well um, so people can find you very easily. And, yeah, we can go for there. But like I said, mate, it's been a pleasure to have you on, and I should see you soon. It's been great being here.